see you as well. So uh, as we were talking about at the end of video number two, when we we're talking about Powell and the Fed and all the rate increases and what's likely coming, uh, we started talking about the housing market. So let's make video number three all about the housing market. And you I don't got know if you really upset too. I don't know. I People did go watch video number two. You were losing <laughs> it, man. So let's go. There you go. Well, let's talk about the housing market as we roll into 2023. Uh, I think it's uh, pretty certain now that we are going to see rates over 7% for homeowners, at least for a little while. Uh, we're going to see rates in the eights for investors, at least for a little while. This has to have an impact on the housing market. Uh, as I've said forever, housing market is a payment-based system. Uh, we are now going to have record unaffordability, unaffordability or affordability, I should say, uh, record low. It's bad and it's getting worse. As rates go up, it gets worse. So prices have to fall. They just have to crash immediately. Is that how you see it? So, so you're saying we're going to have record unaffordability? Record low, basically record low affordability because of high rates, high prices. Okay. Not many people can afford it. I'm not having so record high unaffordability. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yes, that one. So yeah, I mean, right now for a lot of millennials, yeah, because prices have not corrected enough yet at scale. Some markets are correcting more than others, but even the correction we're seeing in some of the markets are still coming off of way overvalued pricing based on historical averages to begin with. So like, for instance, there was a house in my market the other day that I saw a price reduction of two and a half million dollars, a lot of farms you know, in, in our area. And this one was listed at 5.2 million. They dropped it to two and a half. Well, 5.2 was way above market Total value anyways. Price. Yeah. Two and a half is still higher than where it really would be, you know, oh, okay. before this big. Wow. That's aggressive. <laughs> Five million. Well, I mean, I've seen it over and over. I mean, you know, I've, I've seen properties that people put a $20 million price tag on that was worth three, but oh, wow. yeah, I mean, that's how it happens. When you start dealing with acreage in certain areas, you know, people okay. just get these ideas in their head. And one of them was a friend of mine who even asked my advice. And I said, what is your listing price? He said, 20 million. And I said, well, I said, you know, and I knew his property was worth about three, right? And I said, you know, if you're coming to this area, you know, that we live in where there's a lot of uh, estates and a lot of farms, you know, very wealthy people coming from the Northeast to our area to retire with $20 million, you have a lot of options. And, uh, you know, his was not one on that list at that level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you look at that for 20 million? Yeah. I got right. So anyways, you know, long story short, a lot of markets like Austin, you know, they overbuilt. So prices are correcting and you're seeing, you know, uh, John Burns put out a good chart. John Burns real estate the other day about price declinations. I'll look it up while we're talking so I can speak intelligently. Um, was you that know, the chart comparing the 06 uh, run-up to 2022 run-up? Was it that No, chart? these are uh, value declinations in certain oh, okay. states. And, oh, you know, yeah. there's okay. four of them that had, you know, the highest or lowest, I can't remember. But anyways, um, you know, every market's different. So we're just talking about national averages right now. And prices are still going up on a national average. But markets, you know, are correcting. So here it is. Only eight of the top 36 markets in the country did not experience 40% price appreciation over 30 months and uh, in this 30 months, 30 months this cycle and during the mid 2000s, there are Philadelphia, San Francisco, New York, Minneapolis, Chicago, Detroit, Boston, and Houston. But he put out a chart showing you the price appreciation, um, you know, from 2003 to 2005 and 2019 to 2022, Florida, 84% price appreciation, uh, yeah. Fort Myers, Austin, Texas, 70%. So those yeah, are the ones that are going to take the biggest hits yeah. first. 
Yeah. So I love John Burns Real Estate Consulting. If you're not following them on Twitter, you're making a huge mistake. Uh, So they took that data. I follow them. They actually had another report that talked about Fort Myers comparing the 06 run-up to the 2022 run-up. It was amazing. They both went up 87% both times. Oh, really? Yeah. Fort Myers is crazy. And then of course, Fort Myers, I think it fell, whatever it fell, but uh, the hot markets get hot and then they get cool. So that's why I watch Vegas. Vegas is the closest crazy market to me. So you can see people rush and people pull away. So there are canaries in the coal mine, like, like Fort Myers in Vegas. And here's the thing. So this data that's out right now started before 7%. This started yeah, you're right. the, the upper fives to low sixes because these are lagging indicators. So now you're going to see even bigger corrections now that we're over 7% because, yeah, it is unaffordable for a lot of people. Uh, and we're seeing it in the automo- automobile market. Same thing there is happening. Uh, they're getting pushback with people are like prices are too high. Payments are too high with inflation now with housing. Um, and as rates reset for anybody who had short-term debts, mostly in the commercial market, but some residential, uh, that's going to create pressure. But that 7% number, the longer these rates stay over 7% and the higher in the sevens they go, which there is potential. I don't know how long it's all going to depend on inflation and the Fed and all that because, you know, treasuries are pricing recession in and all that. That's why the yields are up. So um, as long as those treasury yields stay high, uh, you know, it's going to keep rates high. And that's why the Fed's looking at it saying, we're not going to talk about MBS right now. I think if rates start coming down too much, the Fed's going to start unloading MBS to kind of tighten that housing market again. They want housing to come down. Yeah. So let's talk about housing and housing prices. Every everybody gets mad that I called the housing crash and transaction correctly because I I said sorry prices aren't going to come. Uh, now again from June to August it's down six percent. Historically speaking, it's down two. Other markets are down more. I get it. We're not going negative in 2022 year on. It's not happening. Mathematically not happening. In in uh, for the country, it could happen in certain cities. Absolutely. In fact, it's already happened in uh, Honolulu, San Francisco. In Oakland, I think there were three cities. It's already happened. Anyways, let's talk about this, right? Because interest rates are now up four percent. Four percent rise in interest rate is roughly speaking a forty percent drop in purchasing power. So, what are the chances housing crashes forty percent next year nationally? What do you think? Yeah, from where? You know, that's the thing you're talking about the national average. Yeah, the national average. Every 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 market because I hear people all the time. The market has to crash 40 percent because interest rates are up four percent, and I'm like, maybe I don't think so. I think yeah, that's I don't a see cute it. There's analogy. not enough. There's not enough inventory. I just don't see that happening that fast with the level of inventory and the lack of forced sellers. I just I just don't see it happening that fast. <laughs> you know, you're going to need what you're going to need is a deep recession with serious unemployment issues, um, job loss. People are still working on savings that they had. Uh, there's still some stimulus, believe it or not, going on in certain states, giving out money and, and you know inflation bonuses and stuff. So I think maybe in a year, if rates stay above seven percent, and you know we get into a real recession where people are losing their jobs, you might start to see some things happen. But you know consumers are still strong right now. Homeowners are still their savings are good. Uh, you know they still have available credit, things like that. So and then you know people are still employed. So until that changes, you're not going to change the housing market. Yeah. Again, it's called price elasticity. Um, Housing is very price inelastic. I understand that everybody wants a 40% crash because rates are up 4%. It's not how it works. This is not the stock market where PEs collapse and stocks go down. This is not the stock market where earnings go down and you reprice the stock market. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, I don't see a 40% price crash. It historically doesn't happen. And then let's not forget the forced sellers. What most people look at is 08. We had 51% of loans adjustable rate mortgages with most of those being pick a payment disasters. That was going to end. And it started to end at two years when they reset. And that was your forced sellers. Go ahead. And it wasn't just that. There was, all, there was forced sellers. Then there were strategic defaults because- That's what, yes. Values were going down, you know, while their payments were going up. So exactly. people were just like, I'm done with this. I've got nothing in it. I've got nothing to lose. You know, it wasn't because they couldn't afford it. It wasn't because they had to sell it. They were like, I'm not going to keep this thing. Values are going down. My payments are going up. It doesn't make any sense. So I don't know what percentage of the market that was, but it was quite a few. It was quite a few because they had other options. Today, folks, with so many people below 4%, their options, if they want to get rid of their home, is to rent. Rent's going to go up. Are not, when you have record high unaffordability, I think I got it right that time, rents are going to go up because, again, we're going to have, we have 30 million people that could get a yes answer at three that can't get a yes answer at seven. They're going to rent. That's just where we are. So, um, so back yeah, it's a to tricky time. I mean, we've never, we've never seen a situation like this in the housing market. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. So this is what I see for the housing market. Cause everybody wants me to call a price drop. And what I'm saying right now is I'm going to wait till March 15th because I think what we're, so I think the second step of the housing crash in transaction started September 15th. The first step, as you know, was rates going to six. We lost all the buyers demand destruction. What we are going to experience because we are heading into winter, which is the slowest month anyway, and rates have exploded, we're going to see supply destruction. So the next six months, it's going to be record low transactions. Prices will be flat to nothing, up, down 1%. It's going to be boring because of lack of transactions. We get to March 15th. If we get to March 15th and we have 10% unemployment, maybe 8 we have 30-year mortgage rates for owner rock at 8%, and they stay there for the year. We might have the seeds for a housing crash like everybody wants. But hear this. That will be months and quarters in the making. It will not be instant. Everybody wants the houses to come down fast. It doesn't work that way. Well, the other thing that you got to take into account, too, is if somebody loses their job, they become under stress they'll probably be able to get, you know, forbearance again. They'll probably be able to get, you know, could be six months to a year before the bank exactly. even starts. Banks have learned. Oh, give you, 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 what did banks learn last time? Oh my God, foreclosing everybody sucks. Why don't I just give a couple of people forbearance for six months and hopefully it gets better. Exactly. Right. So you'll be able to negotiate with your bank because they're all Absolutely. set up to do this because of the pandemic. That wasn't available in 2009. That wasn't even available in 2020 until these programs came out. So even there. if you get big high unemployment and this, that, and the other, I mean, it's still, I don't even know that March, March would happen. I think you'd still need another full, you need a full year from the time somebody loses their job becomes, you know, under that's what, stress. That's what I'm trying to say is if, if we get to March and it's that environment, those are the seeds that could lead to a crash in 24 or 25. Right. Yeah, it's it's just very different this time. It's not going to happen like it did last time. There is no catalyst like there was last time. Uh, it, it's just, it's crazy. It's a weird, weird thing. Just like the labor market. I've never seen, we've never seen a labor market like this. And where were we supposed to disagree again? 
Well, a lot of people, a lot of people heard us talk over the years and they've said, uh, basically Greg thinks prices are going to come down faster than I do. That's what they've said. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that, you know? Um, but yeah, in certain markets they're, they are, but no, I think we're in agreement. In terms Actually, of the yeah. picture. I, I actually thought we might just, so when you look at 2023, worst case scenario, whatever the worst case, other than world war three and black swan. Now that could do something, but people that, are going to leave their houses, you know, world war three nope. breaks out. They're going to stay in their home and quit paying. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That'll be, it'll be forbearance for everybody just cause, but um, so other than those kinds of things, what's kind of the worst case scenario when you look at the housing market 2023? Do you see transactions down 50% worst case? We did seven, nine, I think at the peak. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's going to be the biggest issue. So if, if, you know, rates keep going up, um, you know, inventory keeps going down like it is, then yeah, I mean, you're not going to have any transactions. Exactly. I We're going to be just... sub 4 million easy. Yeah. 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 I mean, just people just aren't going to be transacting, you know, buying and yeah. selling. Yeah, exactly. And oh, by the way, we had a history of this 1981 when rates were 18% or whatever they were, we still did 2 million transactions. I've come to realize most of those were quote unquote, creative financing. They were sellers taking silent seconds and. Yeah. So yeah. My parents, yeah. When they sold their house and that's a lot of what could potentially happen here. But even then, even if you, you know, let's say you have to move and uh, you know, you're locked into a low rate, what are your options where you're going? So, you know, are they going to let somebody take it over and sell versus, you know what, I'll just rent this thing and I'll rent where I'm going and it's a wash, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, what I see in 2023 is a, as a housing market that is half the size or worse than it was. Uh, there were certain, I actually think the markets that will experience true pain are the ones where the iBuyers dominated, right? If you're in Phoenix, Arizona and Open Door has 27% of your active listings, you're going to have pain because I eventually open door is going to relent and just sell at a discount and just be gone. Yeah. But there's You're so much pent up demand. You know, I think if they released everything they had into the market, you'd be fine. Well, if they are, there's 2,800 listings right now for open door in Phoenix and they're just not selling because they're, they're just, well, it's too the high. price. Yeah. It's, it's so price, right? eventually they're going to cut, they're going to cut their losses. They're going to, you know, reduce the prices and they can, you know, yeah, exactly. they're a public they're, company. Yeah. They don't care. Nobody, you know, it's not their money. Yeah, I buyers to me, Greg, and why it will be very market specific are banks when I was buying. Banks were not emotional. I was talking to an individual on the other end of the phone that pulled up an Excel spreadsheet and, and looked at it and said, that's the one you're calling about? It's been listed 17 days. I can't do anything until it's listed 21. Well, guess what I did? I called them on day 22 and we made a deal. I buyers will eventually break because they've stopped buying and they just want to get rid of this stuff, take a reserve for bad debt. And move on. High buyers and builders. There's a lot of builders still building. And, you know, when they get to the end of the line, there's no buyers there. They've got to cut the inventory. Now they could rent, but some aren't going to be able to. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, these are, I tell you, it's, it's, you know, it's just very interesting. So as there are channels out there talking about a housing crash in price of 40% in 2023, other than on the huge, national average, you're talking on about the national, national, average. national average, other than external events that we're not going to talk about just with higher rates and, and a slowing economy. You don't see a national 40% crash next year is very likely. I don't see that. I don't see that as likely or probable. Um, and it would take a huge major credit, some sort of take a huge event for that to, to happen. I just don't see that happening. Yeah. I'm not even sure if that happened, we'd have enough time given six months of forbearance and, you know, foreclosure doesn't start for 90 days and just all these other factors. But yeah, it's, uh, I've never seen a housing market 
Like now, we and again, they too. can't back that up with data. All they're doing is showing headline, you know, stock markets dropping, recession fears, you know, they're not showing any real data in terms of how that could even happen. Uh, you know, they're not backing it up with anything. They're just backing it up with, you know, projections of an economic collapse. Yeah. This is why I love these conversations. Again, good times never last, bad times never last. As we talked about in video number one, opportunity hides behind fear. Do the work, see through it, do the work. We got a couple of years. Uh, Greg and I are super excited. Greg, where can people find you? Yeah, gregdickerson.com. Go check it out. Awesome, buddy. Thanks again.